My next guest uh, has landed her on her work. Wow. You know, uh, she is a first-timer on Money Making Conversations. Uh, her work has landed her on many lists, including being named one of the 2017 Glamour Magazine Women of the Year, the hashtag Woke 100 by Essence Magazine, and Christian as one of the female faces of the new civil rights movement by Black Entertainment Television, BET, in addition to appearances and features in media outlets, including NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, Vogue, New York Magazine, Forbes, ESPN, TV One, The Huffington Post, News One, and TheGrio.com, among others. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations the Director of National Partnerships for Airbnb, Janae Ingram. Hi, how are you? Did I get out? Did, did I say a lot about you, that Ms. Ingram? You, you did. You did. And sometimes I still, when I hear that, I'm like, really. I did that. Okay. You know, you really, you, <laughs> you know, I, I have a general tendency just to, uh, I, and I, I felt when I was reading your bio that you're a grinder. In other words, you know, you just, you accomplish tasks. You're not a person that sits back and look at your, your, your past efforts because you're always moving forward. And in general, because of that, you tend to not realize the greatness or the path that you, or the journey that you create. It's pretty impressive, my friend. Well, thank you. And I, and I think you're right about that. It, it, it is keeping my nose down to the grindstone and just continuing to push forward and um, finding new ways to, to be impactful. So hearing, you know, being reminded of, of the path that, that I've created is, is always, um, it's always inspiring, even for myself. And just, you know, says a lot about the journey um, when you're committed to something and committed to, to doing good. You know, it's really interesting when I, when I hear your voice because I, I hear a humble person that I'm communicating with. And it's almost, um, when I hear that humbleness, it almost, does it surprise you that, um, that you know, we all, I always, I always go back to college and I was, just, I was just in college, okay? I was trying to get an education, uh, trying to get sometimes, you know, trying to get to the next party, trying to get past that grade, just trying to get there. And then I look 20 years, 30 years later, I go, wow. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot going on in your life, Rashawn. What, what stands out the most in your career so far? Because it's not stopping. I know that. Yeah, I, I mean, there are so many things and moments Um I I think if I had to say my you know my work right now is is really impressive and and not to diminish it but I do think the high point for me and something that I'm still really really proud of is uh planning the women's march um and that for me was something that I never I didn't go into it envisioning that I would be making history um, or envisioning that the turnout would be what it was. I kind of went in because I was passionate about creating space for people um, to raise their grievances. And, and that was, you know, I was, I was committed to the, the cause of, of justice and ensuring that, you know, again, um, all of the people who were saying that they were going to come were going to come to Washington, D.C. and have, um, have an opportunity to have their collective voices heard. And it was something where if I would have known what I was doing when, <laughs> when I was asked, like, will you come help with this? 
I probably would have said no because I would have been afraid. Right. Um, I would have been afraid that I was going to fail. I would have been afraid of all of the many things that could have gone wrong. The logistics were just overwhelming. It is, it is overwhelming. And I don't think people really understand the complexities that are involved. Um, and, and maybe they do because, you know, I had prior to that March, um, I had planned the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington mm-hmm. and I was younger um, I was a newer face in D.C. I mean, people knew me, but, I, you know, I had worked for um, Reverend Sharpton and people just saw me as someone who worked for Reverend Sharpton and right. never understood maybe the skills and talents that I had. Um, and so I remember planning the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington and some of the, the seniors and, and elders saying to me, you know, listen, baby girl, hand me this March because I don't know that you you know, it's a lot and it's, it's probably too much for you to handle. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I said, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> I was clear that first of all, Reverend Sharpton had entrusted me with, mm-hmm. with planning that March and, and leading that effort. Um, and it, you know, I, I didn't want to disappoint him. So I said, no, we got it. Um, and it made a lot of people sort of stand up and look at me and say, oh, okay, she does, she can do this. Um, But never once in planning that 50th anniversary of the March on Washington did anyone ever say to me, do you have a permit? Like, do you know what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Outside of the elders saying, you know, this is a lot and you probably need some help. Um, Whereas with the March, the Women's March, us having a permit became, you know, it became front page news of like the Women's March is happening, but they don't even have a permit. Right. Um, and, and folks don't understand like what the permitting process is. I had done it a, a lot. And so for me, it was like, okay, I know this process and I know what we're going to have to go through and I know what it takes to get a permit, but it became sort of a spectacle. And I think, um, overcoming all of the naysayers, people who said the women's March is not going to happen because they don't have a permit. The women's March, you know, is, it's going to it's going to flop. It's, you know, people won't show up all of the things that the naysayers were saying, but that does come across, you know, the, the, you know, the whole, you know, I go all the way back to the million man March, you know, mm-hmm, you know, that, mm-hmm. that was the ultimate naysayer that, uh, that why would they come? And what was the general yep. purpose? And so, but it is, you know, all you do, you, 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 you put the tools in place. That's, that's what you did. And then, and then they came. Let's let's walk you through the process of you know because you know you kind of get aware about it the uh, the buses that are coming the hotels that are being booked (laughs) up the airlines that are going to have difficulty coming in (laughs) or being booked you know you start getting the little signs you know that okay something's happening here and so when did that tingle really run up your back going my God it's happening it's really really happening. Um. I mean, I, I think it, it, it sort of happened along the way. So when, when we planned the Women's March mm-hmm. collectively, um, you know, there, was, there were a lot of moving pieces. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I really owned the piece that was what people showed up and experienced, specifically in D.C., and then with touch points and connections with all of the marches across the country. And so, like, you know, helping folks with logistics in different parts of the country. But it happened, we started planning 
two months before the march happened. Right. And in those two months, you also had four holidays. You right. had Thanksgiving, Christmas, <laughs> New Year's Eve, and King Day. Right. Um, and so a lot of people were taking off, enjoying vacations. And to be honest, I actually, you know, I, I did take a vacation, even in the midst of all of the March planning. Um, and that was because of, of the experience that I had had doing Absolutely. it. But, Absolutely. Yeah, but a lot of it was, you know, a lot of it was ongoing. So when I signed on, it was like, okay, 100,000 people are going to show up to this March. Mm-hmm. And that was really through a Facebook post. So Facebook posts, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, you say you're going to come, but are you really going to come? You know, and then the- as we started to get bus numbers and mm-hmm. as we started to get, you know, flight numbers, I think it really, it really didn't hit me until maybe the week of the March, quite right. frankly. Right. Well, you know, it's really, I, I bring up this story because I wanted to, we're about to go back to actually why I brought you on the show. But I think, in other words, when you say, what is a, we have a title like Director of National Partnerships for Airbnb. Yeah. How do you get there? You know, how to, because we're talking Absolutely. about a company that deals with millions of people around the world and being able to associate not only activities that are planned, but also housing situations. So you have to have a global scope. Also, can't be intimidated by numbers. Have to believe yeah. that your vision can come in place. So I've set the stage. You know who she is. When we come back, we're gonna have uh, more detail about. Because um, I travel a lot, and um, a lot of my staff have stayed in a lot of uh, your facilities. And uh, we'll be right back with more with Janae Ingram on Money Making Conversations. Okay, cool. You're listening to Money Making Conversations and. Uh, just a continuation of a great interview I'm having with Janae Ingram. She's the uh, national director of national partnerships for Airbnb. Okay, we talked a little bit about your past and um, and the, the, your your when you said national partnerships for Airbnb, what exactly is that? It's it's a great question and I and I it's one I get quite often to be honest. Mm-hmm. So the way that I describe my role. Um, Yes, it's national partnerships, and what that means is within the U.S., I oversee our community engagement and external affairs. Um, And the way that I describe it is I am the voice of the community inside the company, and I'm the voice of the company within a variety of communities. And so I work with a whole host of different types of of communities, whether it's racial, ethnic, whether it's gender, uh, religious communities, you know, a whole host of the, the, the disability community, mm. um, veterans. Uh, and so basically I engage these communities and ensure that they understand both what Airbnb is and mm-hmm. how they can be part of our larger global community. Right. And so really it's about welcoming people in and finding ways to ensure that our, you know, that there's accountability on both ends. And so that's sort of the role that, that I, Hold and it's a great way for me to leverage many of the relationships that I've built um, over time in ways that help Airbnb um, achieve its goals and also help these organizations and and leaders achieve their goals. Just to just to give my uh, listener base uh, some more detail about Airbnb, it's one of the world's largest marketplaces for unique, authentic places to stay and things to do, offering over 7 million accommodations and 40,000 yes. handcrafted activities. <laughs> 
with more than yep. a half billion guest arrivals to date and accessible in 62 languages across 191 countries and regions. Uh, again, you are impressive. You know, she just, just accepts all this information and just, just calculates it. Talk about this because I went into your background when I was doing this bio. I said, just, you just seem to be able to just take this information and it doesn't even phase you. And I, and I looked at your background and it says you have a psychology degree from Clark University. That's one of the, that was your undergraduate, correct? Yeah, I went to Clark Atlanta, mm-hmm. graduated Clark Atlanta. with a psychology degree. Mm-hmm. So does that help you? Is that is that just a part of your personality? Absolutely. Where the numbers just don't no. overwhelm you? You just loud, you just like you said, in the middle of a big women's campaign, you say, I'm going on vacation. I'm resting. <laughs> I'm going to kick it. I'm going to go get my toes, you know, sand up or something, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, um, well, I think – it it's one of those things where the path is one right where where you're 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 just again you're on it and you're focused on accomplishing a goal and it sort of it, it just sort of manifests in in the way that it does um you know my psychology degree definitely comes into use but not in the way I don't think in the way that you described it I think it's more in dealing with people um you know, um, managing people, interacting right. well, with people. Right. Well, that's how I kind of saw it, you know, that whole being able to, you know, break down information and disseminate and not be intimidated by the, the overwhelming yeah. odds of accomplishing the task. Because that's what your resume, yeah. your resume keeps screaming at, large numbers, you know, doing the impossible, uh, not, 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 not backing down from the opportunity, uh, working against the odds and achieving success. Your resume screams that, over and over and over again. And uh, and that's what I said. I just had to go and go, what what was the basic structure of this person to be able to allow her to be able to, you know, just to comprehend these levels of uh, mass body movements. And then you would accompany, that's all they do is mass body movements. And then you just listed all these different organizations from handicap organizations to veterans organizations to um, uh, all ethnic groups, I'm sure fraternities, sororities, uh, local business communities. That's a lot of different uh, voices. Yes, <laughs> it is. I mean, now that you're saying it, you're making a, a point that I don't think I had necessarily <laughs> honed in on in the way that you're, you're saying it. Yeah. There, there are a lot of different needs. I'm sorry. I'm making you feel special, Janae. I really am. I'm sorry. Cause <laughs> you, you really are uniquely qualified <laughs> to do this job and everybody can't do this job. And so, so when I, when I, when I bring people on my show, sometimes I have to remind them that what you consider normal is not normal. It's very uniquely yeah. special, but also the basis of how you're able to accomplish it in such a calm personality. You have a calming personality, you know, and that's really. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. Keeping my head in the midst of, uh, you know, crazy situations is something that I, you know, I, I think even back to when dealing with the March and March logistics, it's like, everyone else might be freaking out and somehow I'm able to stay calm. And I really, I think that's God more than anything else. Um, I don't want to like take all the credit and be like, no, I, I've mastered this. That's Um, the ultimate mentor. God's the ultimate mentor. Yeah. Okay. Giving me a calming sort of presence or the ability to stay focused on the goal, even as you know, you're hitting obstacles um, and, 
and, and roadblocks sometimes. And just knowing that you're going to navigate through them or around them, or there will, there will be a way for the situation to work itself out. And so it's that trust and that faith that allows me to, I guess, sometimes keep going. It doesn't mean I don't have meltdowns because of course I, you know, I'm human, but um, I think more to the point is consistently I do generally handle pressure well. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you know, absolutely. <laughs> let's, let's stop. Let's stop stating the obvious. Now, now she's just going to say, I, I do handle pressure kind of well, Rashawn. <laughs> really, will you make me think about everything I'm doing now? I'm probably, you're probably doing five things talking to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably pointing you, you at somebody. You know me well. You know me well. She's she, she, she pointing <laughs> at somebody walking around. Hey, I'm on this phone. Don't mean I'm not looking. <laughs> Here's the beauty above you. Very true. Let's talk about your the, your national partnership. Let's go because I don't want to get off the phone without explaining exactly. You went into detail of different organizations. Does the, is it, are you in a position where people reach out to you or, or or you reach out to them to create these partnerships? How exactly does that work for Airbnb? Generally, it is people reaching out to us. I mean, I, but I think that there are opportunities where we, I will reach out to, you know, an organization or a, um, a leader and say, we want to engage you for a specific thing. But generally, it is lots of organizations reaching out uh, to, to me and to us as a company and wanting to work with us. And I, I think we are a brand that is, I, I would say there are a lot of people who know about us. Um, generally, people are interested because it's, you know, it's a younger brand. The company was founded in 2008, so we're, we're just barely 11 years old. But mm. um, our name has become sort of a noun um, in, in terms of, like, when you're sharing your, your house, it's like, oh, I'm going to Airbnb, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm staying at an Airbnb. And even if it's not legitimately an Airbnb, I right. think that we, we have become sort of the Kleenex, if you will, the Kleenex version of uh, home sharing. And, and, and that's a phenomenal thing um, to have a company so young that, that that's able to become part of the lexicon that is, you know, synonymous with, with home sharing. So, um, it's it's really amazing to have that, and it, I think it creates an appetite for people to say, we want to work with you, we want to find out more about what you're doing. And, and then at the same time, I think that there are things that people don't necessarily understand about our business. Right. Um, and, and so, for example, we have uh, experiences, which you mentioned, are the local activities that people right. can do. And I think that that's a newer product that people are still – just learning about or just figuring out. Um, I speak often uh, at conferences and different events and was just at one um, this past weekend in New Orleans. And home sharing, I think a lot of people know, but then I say, you know, how many of you have ever heard of Airbnb experiences? And the hands are, are significantly fewer. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a, there's an opportunity there. And so in that instance, I might say we need to do more with you know, X community or with X leader to ensure that people are knowing about Airbnb experiences because, you know, quite frankly, you don't have to travel to do them. If you want to host one, you don't need a home to host one in. So Mm -hmm. if you're in a city where there are 
short-term rental regulations, but you still want to flex your entrepreneurial muscle, Mm -hmm. there's a way for you to do that through Airbnb experiences. And it doesn't cost you anything. It gives you an audience of millions of people that your, your product is showing up in front of. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a, it's an easy way again, to start a business. If you've had an idea about a business Mm. or to really profile your business. And it's like, it's like free marketing, you know, it's free marketing to people who are traveling to your city or people who live in your city who want to see and do something different than, than what they're normally doing. They're they're not trying to go to the churches or sit at home on a weekend. That's pretty powerful. Um, Ms. Ingram, I want to thank you for coming on my show. Uh, you're amazing. Now, I know in the end here, this part of the conversation, I'd love to bring you back on the show to get in more detail because at the first of the year, I, I, I always, yeah. I always, the first of the year, I always try to you know, give people ways that they can start motivating and planning and, and seeing new opportunities and that whole the, the, the uh, Airbnb experiences, I think, is, a, is something that's not being spoken of a lot because it's all about home sharing. That's 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 true. Yeah. That's where you cut your teeth. The brand has cut its teeth on that. But I know that from through social media, through planning, that that whole process that you're talking about is the next wave of great success with Airbnb and the fact that you can come in and market and take advantage of a an audience out there and expand your brand. We need to talk more about that. Will you come back? I would love to come back. It's been a joy talking to you. And you've been fantastic. And I love talking to you because you took time to speak to Rashawn McDonald. Your busy, 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 busy schedule. <laughs>